Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, I'm excited about going through the book of Romans. Amen. Anybody else excited about that? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if you're excited about that. We're going to grow in the next few weeks. In the next eight weeks, Paul's going to take us on a journey that's going to change us forever. I believe that. I really do. And I want to encourage you to read Romans chapter 1 and 2 this week. Anybody out there say amen. We're going to read Romans 1 and 2 this week. And I, I challenge you to just read Scripture, take time to observe Scripture, and then ask God how can you apply it, and then we have prayer over that Scripture. And that's what we call soap. When we read the Scripture, we want to do soap, and that means read Scripture, we want to observe and ask God, what is it that you're wanting to do in me? And then A is how can I apply it in my life today? And then pray that God will help you with that. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this service. We thank you for getting ready to speak to our hearts. And Lord, that you have ordained this time and that you have brought people for such a time of this. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to specifically look at one verse in Romans chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading it out of NIV today. But Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says this. It says, for I, this is Paul, he's, he's speaking. He said, for I, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. And then he said, for in this gospel, the righteousness of God is to be revealed. And you're going to notice when, you're, when we're going through Romans, you're going to be seeing a lot about that word righteousness and works and things like that. And then he says, a righteousness, again, he says, a righteousness that is by faith from, be, from the beginning or from the first to the last. How many know that our righteousness is by faith from the beginning all the way to the end? Amen? And that's what he was saying. From first to last, just as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You know what I want to bring out this morning? The most, the thing that I like a lot about Romans, in fact, I love this about Romans, is the confidence and the boldness that I see in the book of Romans. I mean, he's like, for I am Paul, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. I mean, you just sense such a boldness and such a strength and such a confidence and you know, as a Christian growing up, you know, I was raised up. I had my Methodist pins of being in church every Sunday, and we'd sing, I'm in the Lord's army, and Father Abraham. How many remember singing some of those songs? Father Abraham had many sons. Okay, we're dating ourselves here. We wore the T-shirts where Jesus had a cross on him, and this is when the mullets were in, and, and, and there was a cross on him, and he was saying, bench press this. I mean, we were bold. How many remember Carmen, where we were singing champion? How many remember the champion? Come on now. We're dating ourselves. We're dating ourselves, okay? Uh, uh, Carmen and, and, hey, guys, you can't forget Striper. How many remember Striper? Woo, give it up. <laughs> oh, we were wild, weren't we? <laughs> you know, but back then, this scripture was like dope for the teenage Christian. It was like in the 80s, this was like the, the, uh, the, the, the exact scripture 
that you could be like, you could call it like trash talk. Like, what's that? I'm just going to do some trash talk here. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God. I mean, we were like pumped up on this. It was like, let's throw down. It's time to go. Well, my prayer for Church on the Rock is that as we go through the book of Romans, I'm believing that God is going to create in us a confidence and a boldness and a bravery to do what God has called us to do. Amen? Although we live in a place where they try to suppress the gospel, although we live in a place where it may not be politically correct and everybody seems to be running this way and that way and there seems to be not a lot of attention to the church or the things of God anymore, I want this church to be bold and proclaim, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God into salvation. Amen? So, so I'm believing that. I'm believing that. When I read Romans and I study the life of Paul, I was like, man, this guy is so bold. He's so bold. Was he ever afraid? I mean, did, did this guy ever get afraid? Did he, he was so stinking bold. I mean, he had it hard. He didn't just have haters. You know, everybody's like um, saying that, that we all are doing hate crimes or people shooting off the mouth, just mouth verbiage and everything, mouthing off. People literally wanted to kill him. Are you all out there? They literally wanted to kill him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, it says this. Paul, again, you see this boldness. He says, imagine if I came up here like Paul, and I'm looking at you guys, and I'm saying, are you guys the servants of Christ? I think we preach easy nowadays. Are you guys the servants of Christ? I mean, he was so bold. Hey, are you the servants of Christ? That's how he said that here. Are you the servants of Christ? And then he said this. I love how NIV says this. He says, man, I must be out of my mind to talk like this. That's the way, that's the way it says it in the NIV. He said, are you the servants of Christ? I, might, I must be out of my mind to talk to you people like this. He said, I am more. It cracks me up how bold he is. Trash talk. I'm more. You think you're servants of Christ? I am more. That's what Paul said. He said, I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. Anybody been in prison lately? Oh, don't raise your hand on that one. <laughs> Never mind. Whew, we better go on. I, I've worked harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death not just once, but again and again. Yo, come on now. You really want to go here now? He's like trash talking. You want to go there now? Five times I received of the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been, I want you to look at all these in dangers. I've been in danger in the rivers. I've been in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at the sea, in danger by false believers. I have labored. I have toiled. I've often gone many nights without sleep. I've known what it is to hunger. I know what it is to thirst. And I've often, I've often gone without food. I've been cold and I've been naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of the concerns for all the churches. I got one question for everybody here. So how's your week going? Anybody been stoned this week? 
Anybody been shipwrecked? Man, I was moaning coming back from Hawaii. Oh, I am really sorry that you guys had the winter vortex when I was gone. It hurt me so bad. I couldn't even concentrate over there. And, uh, oh, I had such a, I, I had such a, uh, it, it was so discomforting. And I was so aggravated that I had to set at the airport. I mean, we, we, we trip on mowed grass, people. We, we trip on luxury. We, we, we. I think sometimes we need to pull ourselves up by the boots and get a little grit and, and, and get some want to for Jesus. I mean, can anyone help me understand multiple shipwrecks? I, if I was on one shipwreck, I don't believe I'd get on a ship anymore. Anybody know? Uh, he gets on two more times and gets shipwrecked. And then he's out hanging on to a log. Anybody been hanging on a log in an ocean with sharks running around you for a night and a day? Wow, beaten with rods. Man, that hit me. I said, in danger, in danger, in danger. How many of that? you guys caught that? In danger, in danger. This guy was in danger all the time. And then there's one time, you know, he talked about, there's one time in the Bible that Paul got stoned. I seen some of you perked up and said, oh, Paul got stoned. Not that kind of stoned. All right. Not that kind of stone. Let's just make it clear. Paul got stoned. They picked up rocks and began to pelt him. They didn't throw rocks at him. He got stoned. One time they stoned him. He was stoned twice, but one time they stoned him, and they thought that he was dead. And they turned around, and they just walked off. They got him shut up. This guy gets himself up off of the ground, spits some blood out, adjusts his jaw, pulls himself up, walks back over to the pulpit, and begins to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God, for it's the power of God into salvation. I mean, there is no quit in this guy. You know, I, I want that kind of confidence. I want that kind of boldness. But can I just be honest with you? Sometimes I don't have that. Sometimes I'm a little scared. Sometimes I'm a little insecure. Sometimes I'm a little unsure. I'm not confident. In fact, so many times I lack confidence. Has anybody in here ever lacked confidence? How many of you want to be bold? How many of you want to be bold again? How many of you want to feel strength again? How many of you want to be that husband? I want to be that dad. I want to get that job. I want to do those things that I've always said I was going to do. I want to achieve those goals. Anybody out there say, man, I, I, I want to be bold. I want to love God with all my heart. I want to quit being wishy-washy. I, I, I want to I serve him completely. I, I mean, you feel that struggle, but, but there's something in the air today. There's something in the atmosphere that God's going to breathe something new. When they sang that song, there's new ground being opened. I'm a farm boy, and I know what that means. When you open up virgin ground, there's actually still some virgin ground in, in Missouri that's never been plowed. But, 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 but when he said there's some new ground that's going to be plowed, that is the fertile, and that is some of the best ground because it's, it's never been bothered by humans. But brothers and sisters, God is doing something new in people. We got to take it. 
I'm telling you, the devil don't want you to take it. You, you might be in the fight of your life. I believe people have gone through pressures and tests in the last few years to try to make you give up. But somebody say, I'm not giving up. I'm going through. And he that's begun a good work in me will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want that kind of confidence. Paul, sometimes I know the right things to do, the right thing to say, the right way to be, but sometimes I'm just afraid. and I just walk in shame or timidity. God's going to put a boldness. Paul says the most boldest and confident statements, I believe, in the whole Bible. I mean, he wrote quite a bit about of the Bible, but some of the scriptures that you've grown up um, memorizing, and some of the scriptures that you're saying, I'd say a lot of them were Paul. He was so bold. He said things like this, In all things, I am more than a conqueror. How many see that? Because God loves me. See, he, he, he had clarity. He knew he was more than a conqueror, but he knew he wasn't more than a conqueror by his strength or his performance. He knew he was more than a conqueror because God loved him. God gave him the grace. He said this, I am convinced that nothing can separate me from God's love. I mean, look at that confidence. Neither death nor life, nor angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. My fears, worries, nothing, not even the powers of hell, not even the devil himself can separate me. What? Bold. That is so bold. God wants his church to walk. God wants me to walk in that kind of boldness. He wants us to walk. What a bold perspective. He would say things like this, being confident of this. I love this one, Philippians 1, 6. I didn't put scriptures up here on purpose. I want you to go search them out. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out. Are you confident in that? Are you confident that he that started it is going to finish it? Are you confident in Jesus today? He, said, he, he would say riveting statements and piercing statements. He would look at congregation and said, the wages of sin is death. He didn't apologize. You want to sin? There's a price for sin. And the wages of sin is death. The wrath of God will come upon all ungodliness. He'd say that. I mean, today you're like, oh, don't do that if you want to grow a church. But then he'd say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He, he was so bold. He would say things that we know that in all things, somebody say in all things, in all things that God works them for good. Are you confident of that? That in every situation, every certain thing, he works it to good. Why? For them who love God. Anybody out here love God? And are called according to his purpose. So can we be confident and bold? that it's going to work out. Come on. Come on. Amen. How did he have that? You know, get this right here. I believe a lack of confidence is often derived from a lack of clarity. Because we're not clear, we are not confident. You ever been driving down the road and the rain's going like crazy? And you was going 70 miles an hour, but you got the windshield wipers on high, and that's not fast enough. Yeah, let alone throw in some fog. What do you do? You apply the brakes. You grip the 
steering wheel a little tighter. You're a little bit insecure. You might even know the road. You might even know the way. You might have traveled a hundred times, but you slow down, and you don't, you're afraid to go forward because you don't know for sure what's in front of you. You lack that confidence. Why do you lack that confidence? Because you can't see. But once you can see, then you can drive with confidence. I really believe today that Paul's confidence came from his clarity. Brothers and sisters, don't, um, don't be neglectful. And don't just say this is another series. Get in this series of Romans and believe God to do something in your life. Because Romans is a book that gives clarity. It gives clarity of theology better than any book in the Bible. It gives clarity for doctrine better than any book of the Bible. It gives clarity for justification, sanctification, adoption. Everything that you, well, why do I need to know that? When you know who you are in Christ and why you are that, it teaches you the love of God. It teaches grace and not works. It teaches us so many things that, brothers and sisters, you may be going on a journey today where you're not being able to go very fast because you're unsure of what's in front of you. Romans brings clarity. And with clarity, there comes confidence. I'm telling you the truth. It, it's, it, it, that, that I, believe, I believe that. Before you can go forward, you need to go back. So let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. To me, these are the things where Paul, he started his letter out, and to me, that, that, that first sentence is just soaked with clarity and confidence. And to me, we need to start today where every person can do this. I'm Brian. Hi, I'm Brian. And first, first and foremost, I am a servant of God. I'm called to be an apostle. And I'm set apart for the gospel of God. So I want to take those three things because I believe that's where Paul's confidence came because he knew who he was and what he was doing and why he was doing it. First of all, he called himself, I am a servant, or I'm a bond servant, I'm a slave. He didn't, he didn't get up every day and, and, and take his own life. He said, I've been bought with a price. I glorify God with my body. But here's the neat thing about Jesus. When he bought you or redeemed you and paid the price, he, he took you back from the realms of darkness and sin and Satan. And Christ like bought you through what he did on the cross. But what's cool about Christ is once he bought you, he didn't put you in slavery. He actually bought you. And after, imagine, imagine the horrifying uh, slavery that's happened even today where people are bought. Imagine a good person coming and buying you. But when the good person buys you, bought that slave, even when the good person bought that, 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 that slave, that, that slave in the Scripture, what I'm talking about, he gave you your freedom. So Christ not only bought you and paid for you, after he bought you and you were his, he 
gave that freedom back to you. And a bond servant says, I don't serve God because I'm made to. I don't sing to him because I'm made to. I don't lift my hands because I'm made to. I don't live this life because I'm made to. I don't live this life because I'm worried that God's going to get me. I live this life because I want to. And I love him. A bond servant, Christ gives life back to you. And a bond servant is when you choose to, to live for him. Who do you serve? Who do you serve? We all are serving someone or something. Where does your attention go? Where's your focus go? Where's your heart, your time, your money? Who do you serve? Who do you serve? In Romans chapter 1, verse 21, you'll see, for although they knew God, they glorified Him as God nor gave Him thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile, their foolish hearts were dark, darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds, animals, and reptiles. Look at verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over. God gave them over to, in their sinful desires of their heart. He gave them over if you, to their sexual impurity for the degrading of the bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they, look at this, and they worshiped and served. Look at that word served. And they, I'm asking you, who do you serve? And they worshiped and served and worshiped and served the created things rather than the creator. What are you serving today? Who are you serving? Where is your passion going? Where is your money going? Where is your time going? It's real easy to see who is Lord of your heart. Who do you serve? I want you to ask that question. I want us to be able to answer that question. Because ultimately, in that scripture, it says God gave them over. God gave them over. Listen, God is not going to compete for your heart. God's not going to compete for your heart. God's not going to strive to make you serve him. God's not going to, the Bible even says in in Matthew chapter 6, I think verse 24, he said, I'm not going to compete with your desire for the love of money. He said, you can't serve both. There's nothing wrong with having money. It's loving money that that fits the problem. God's not going to compete. He said he gave them over to what they wanted. He's not going to compete with your small gods. To me, we need to have a crash-breaking, little God-breaking time today and make God Lord of all, Lord of all. Who do you serve? Who do you serve? And then the, the, Paul was so confident in that. The second thing, Paul said that I'm a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle. Second question is what are you called to do? I want us to be clear about this, that every person in this room has a calling from God. You were born on purpose. You're not an accident. You're not a waste. You're not a mistake. God has designed your life for the specific plan and a specific purpose, and you're walking on the planet right now, right here for a time, and you are very important to God. And here's what I mean by calling. Calling is when your eyes are opened up and you have some clarity. You can clearly see and understand that why you're put on God, why you're put on this earth, and what is your mission. And I say this, your mission for God. And brothers and sisters, Carmen talked about it <clears throat> this week. 
Um, Pastor Justin is making this as easy as he's as he can. The growth tracks are starting Wednesday night. It's seven o'clock to eight fifteen. If, if if God stirs your heart and you want to 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 get this in your heart, it doesn't matter if you've been through growth track. Do it again. Do it again. Do do it. How many you know that sometimes our shape changes, but this Wednesday. This Wednesday, you can help, you can find, you can get started on that journey to find out what you're called to do. Now, when it, call, when it comes to calling, we've got occupation and vocation. Listen to this. Occupation and vocation are things that you do. And how many know they most likely change over the years? How many stayed with the same thing forever? It happens, but not real common. Occupation and vocation are things that you do, but calling is not what you do. Calling is who you are. We are all called to the ministry. Look at 2 Corinthians 15, 5, verse 18. It says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. How many people here have been born again or saved or asked Jesus to be Lord of your life? Lift up your hand if you've been reconciled you've been born again every person that's been born again the bible says that you've been given a everybody say ministry everybody looks at brian and says he's in the full-time ministry now you can talk to any of my kids and you can talk to an oliver hennon that's been with us from about day one in this church oliver and some of you guys has been with us from day one how many times have you heard it pounded on this pulpit and said from this pulpit if you brought my kids in, you would, you would hear, my, hear me say to my kids, I would say to my kids, I'll say to the church on the rock, I'll, I've, I've said this for 30 years. Now, I don't know what you're going to do in life to make money. I don't know if you're going to be an engineer. I don't know if you're going to be a doctor. I don't know if you're going to be a teacher. I don't know if you're going to uh, be in construction. I don't know if you're going to be a business owner. I don't know if you're going to be a nurse. I don't know if you're going to be an airplane pilot driving for United. I don't know if you're going to be an airplane mechanic. I don't know what it is you're going to do as a vocation. But what you are is you're called to preach. Every person is called to preach. called to preach. Preach simply means to proclaim, to share, to tell your story. When you're wondering about calling, something that every single person is called to do is we are called to preach and proclaim the good news of what Jesus Christ has done. If you're a lawyer, you're a preaching lawyer. If you're if you're an engineer, you're a preaching engineer. If you're a Walmart employee, you're a Walmart Employee preacher. I've I've never held down a job when I I've never held down a job. <laughs> I before I was in the ministry, I, I I've worked at uh, a play, a Mexican restaurant to get me through high school, and I worked at Walmart. The rest of the time, I've been full time ministry. Okay, but every place I've ever worked, without even knowing what I did. Like somebody asked me what I did on the trip. I said, I'm in construction. I'm not ashamed of Christ. I just know when you tell me you're a preacher, everything changes. 
And I like to just kind of not feel weird with people. Amen? They think, ooh, preacher. Uh, now everything changes, especially if they've been blank this, blank that. <laughs> oh, what do you do? I'm a preacher. <laughs> They're like, ooh. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but, but anyway, um, um, everywhere I was at, I, they was, they'd call me the preacher. And I'll tell you what, I don't believe in, oh, don't even get me going down that road. To me, you, you, you preach, you preach without, uh, to me, you preach without words most of the time. It's not like I just, because I remember um, one of my mentors got up and told all of us college students, he said, man, I'm running a ministry and have a bunch of college students hired to do a job, and they think they're all called to stand around and talk about Scripture and preach. He said, I'm going to fire them all because I didn't pay, I'm not paying them to preach. I'm paying them to do their job. So you need to do it in the right places and at the proper times. But we're all called to preach, amen? So the first thing, he said, I'm a servant, and then he said, I'm an apostle, I'm called. We're all called to do something. We're called to preach. And then the third thing he said, he said, Paul, I'm a servant of Christ, called to be apostle. Look at this. Set apart. Set apart from God. And this third question I want to ask you is why are you set apart? What does that mean, set apart? Why are you set apart? Romans 12.1 says, it, So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God for all he's done for you, and let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is a true way of worship to him. So why is it so important to present yourself as a holy vessel, a holy instrument? And um, first of all, on first of all, on that, I want to, I want to kind of hit something we have a shallow idea of holiness of what it means to be set apart where people start nitpicking scriptures and says oh you shouldn't do this you shouldn't eat this or you shouldn't have that or you shouldn't and everybody starts doing all this law stuff that i think's crazy but getting to the depth of what it means the depth of holiness is when somebody's being a horse's hiney to you and you say i forgive you if somebody's treating you bad, you bless them and pray for them. Instead of getting it at any cost, you're being a, gi a giver. So there's, there's something about holiness. And here's the other thing I want to say about holiness. Is, you, is people, you can look down your nose. It, it, it seems like sometimes the further you go in faith, the holier we think we are. And we start doing things by performance. Something you're going to find out in Romans is there's a difference between grace and performance. And brothers and sisters, here's the fact. You look up here and see me, and I, I, I want you to, when you see a preacher, especially if you don't know me, you, you, you probably think, whoa, he must really live right and do everything right. And he must have a really good prayer life. He must have a be in his word all the time. He must overcome in all areas. I bet he doesn't even get mad. I bet he doesn't. Him and his wife don't have any trouble with him. Stuff like that. If you feel like you're the worst sinner in the house, 
I want you to look up here at me, and I, I challenge you to compare yourself. If you look up and, and, and in comparison in your mind, you're thinking, oh, there's no way I could be maybe what the preacher is. You know what? We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Listen to me. When Balaam and Balak were standing on the hill and they were looking over the mountain, back in the Old Testament, the way that, 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 that God told the Israelites when they were traveling through the desert, he told them a certain way to set up their tents. And if you look at that cross, he would name some tribes and then it would tell the number of tribes. And they would, and in the middle, if you look at the middle of the cross, that's where the Holy of Holies was. But where the cross hits, that's where the Holy of Holies. But then the Bible gives some numbers and some tribes that are north. And then it gives some numbers and tribes that are east. And then it gives some numbers and tribes that are west. And then it gives some numbers and tribes that are south. And if you do the addition, if you do the addition, you'll find out that the exact numbers they make across. Are you telling me when God blessed, when Balaam couldn't, Balaam and Balak, when they couldn't curse God's people, are you telling me there wasn't sin in that camp? Are you telling me that out of millions of people, that every one of them were right with God, some of them were right with God, and some of them weren't right with God. How about when the Egyptians, how about when the Israelites came out of Pharaoh's hold, out of Egypt, when the death angel passed? How many know that story? Where, where they, 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 when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Do you think there wasn't fornication happening that night? Do you think there wasn't sins going on in the camp? But the death angel still passed by because the blood was on the door. Brothers and sisters, it's the blood. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. We have all sinned and fallen short. So when we say set apart, that set apart is through Christ's holiness. He took my sin and gave me his righteousness. Are you all with me today? So that's what it means to be set apart. Set apart. Set apart. Set apart. As the musicians are coming today, as the musicians are coming today, I want you to, Jensen Franklin says it like this. He says, you know what? We are all a bunch of pizza boxes. We're just a box. We're just a box. And everybody think about the pizza man. Anybody? Has everybody had a pizza man deliver pizza to your house? Has everybody had that happen? We're talking about being set apart today. We're just a box. How many when the pizza man comes to your house and he rings the doorbell, is the first thing out of your mouth is, Woo, I love that box. That's the most amazing pizza box I've ever seen. This pizza box is, is just so well made. Ooh, look at the colors. You guys just put those colors together perfect. I love your logo on your pizza box. No, you're, you grab the pizza box and you take it in. How many pay attention to the pizza box? What do you do? You rip that thing off as quick as you can and, and you get into the pizza and get into the good things. 
We're just a box, people. When it says separated unto God, we're just a box. We're just a container. But yet at the same time, how many know a box is important? Anybody want your pizza guy coming up with no box and holding your pizza? (laughs) And saying, here's your pizza. Anybody want your pizza in a box, but you look and the box is dirty? Anybody want to eat that pizza that you can tell the box isn't clean? All a pizza box needs is three things. All a pizza box needs is three things. It needs to be clean. It needs to be empty. And it needs to be available. And the scripture says that when that happens, oh man, got rid of these a long time ago. There's another good scripture here. Oh, Lord. Anyway, somewhere in there. Um, It talks about how we carry in this vessel something priceless. And what we're pouring out is Jesus. Brothers and sisters, if you'll just close your eyes just for a minute. God wants to do something this morning. Jesus first miracle was the wedding of Canaan. And they ran out of the wine that night. And Mary said, Jesus, do something about this. And Jesus looked over against the wall and he saw some clay pots. They were available. And they were empty. I want you to see, I want you to say to Jesus today, I want you to say, God, I'm available. God, I'm empty today. Jesus said, fill those pots with water. And that's talking about a cleansing. That's talking about being filled with freshness. And then that water turned to wine. And that miracle was done and Jesus was poured out to everybody that was there. That third thing I want you to do is say, Jesus, would you fill me so that I can be a preacher and share you with others? Make me a vessel. Make me a vessel. We're going to sing this song and I want it to be as a prayer today. Sing it with them. Come on, make it a prayer. Make me, come on, make me, make me an offering. You want me, come on, sing it to the Lord.
I want to hold right there. We're going to sing that again. But when I was in Hawaii, I was running one day. I figured out every mile meant a taco or something. So if I'm going to eat five tacos, I got to run five miles. But that's what it is when you get over 50. But you think I'm kidding? I had to run eight miles one day. <laughs> but uh, anyway, one day I was running, and the Lord was just stirring this stuff up in me that I preached today. And he brought me back to Abraham and Sarah. And before he changed their names, their name was Abram, and her name was Sarai. And I was jogging, and I was surrendering to the Lord. And, it, and, and he said, Brian, I want you to say, I, I could say I'm a servant, easy. But, but what I'm called to do, I couldn't say it out loud. I, I, I thought it was cocky or arrogant or I was unsure. But I, I ran like a half mile or three quarters of a mile, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let He kept saying, you're going to say it. You're going to say what you're called to do. And, and, and I, I felt afraid, and I felt unsure. And, and, and just unbelief was there. But the Lord kept dealing with me to where finally I said, I am Brian. I am a servant of Christ. I am called to, and then I said it. And he said, say it again. I'm called to, and I said it again. He said, say it again. I'm called to. And that's that new ground that God wants to break today. That's a word in the Spirit. God wants to break some new ground to where you walk in something new today. I believe that. And I kept saying it. Even the set apart was easy to do. But that calling was hard for me to say. But listen to me, brothers and sisters. When I said that, the Spirit of God came to me and He spoke to me. And He reminded me of Abraham and He said, He said, Brian, my son, just like Abraham, Abram, he did this. He was Abram. <sighs> Turn this mic up a little bit, please. He was Abram. Ham, Abraham, Abraham. What God added to Abraham's name in the Hebrew, it means breath. It means life. And so he went from Abram to Abraham. And I was worshiping the Lord because it was a new thing. It was new ground. It was new calling. It was new clarity. It was new direction. And that's what people need here today. I believe that. But then the Lord said, I did it to Sarah. You know what happened to Sarah? Sarah dropped the I. How many say we need to drop the I? I, 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 I. Come on, God. Get the I out. Come on. Ask God to get the I out. And then he went, Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Ah, guys, that Hebrew word is the very same word when Adam, when God breathed the, the breath of Adam and he became a living soul. I'm not finished yet. I, I, I'm really, I, I'm being serious with you. I was on about six miles then. 
because my mind, I was just gone in the spirit. I didn't even realize I was running. And I kept running, and the Lord said, now you are bry on. Bry on. And I kept doing that, and I felt light. Guys, I'm telling you, I picked up the pace. I, I think mile six, I ran under eight minutes. I'm not kidding. I took a life came to me, and I was almost sprinting. And I was going, bry on, bry on. And I said, I'm a servant of Christ. I'm called to do. I'm not telling you what I'm called. That's between me and the Lord. I'm called to do this, and I'm separated. But there was a life that came with me. But then God said, do it for Carmen. Do it for Carmen. And God began to show me her calling. God began to show me clearly her calling. Chad and Rachel, God's given you a new calling. Larry, you've been given a new calling. Guys, there's people. There's just ones I know. There's, a, there's new ground that God's wanting to, to do today. Okay? So I did it with Carmen. And I said, Lord, I speak life into her calling. That which is laid dormant, I speak life. I speak life into that. And I begin to proclaim and declare what I know Carmen is. And I heard the Lord say, she's car mom. Car mom. Life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy life into marriages that are dead. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy life in the sin-ravaged lives of addiction. I call that addiction to break, and I cause life to come into you. I pray in the name of Jesus that things that have laid dormant, businesses that are supposed to be planted, relationships that are supposed to be mended, things that are supposed to be done, I speak life right now in Jesus' name. And I pray for clarity, because when there's clarity, there's confidence. Thank you, Jesus. If you could be seated just for a second. Larry, I want you to come forward. We are very serious. We are very serious about calling. Today we've talked about calling. If you're called. If you felt something while I was preaching, I'm called, but I don't know what. We're serious about that. Get yourself on Wednesday night to the Grove Classes. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.